That's the way I feel tonight. Yeah. Uh, I want him to hide me in his presence. Yeah. I'm not particularly a people person, and I'm just much more comfortable in my little home with my little Bible and just sitting there with him just surrounding me. And I'm just, this where I'm most comfortable. I was thinking today, this is an awesome responsibility. Yeah. You way. all are Full hungering way. and thirsting yeah. after righteousness. Yeah. You are hungering and thirsting to know more and more and more about Jesus. Right. And they asked me to do that tonight. Right. Me. Yeah. I don't really know why, but they asked me to do it. That's yeah. an awesome yeah. responsibility. Yeah. And as that song we yeah. sang earlier, uh, as the sparrow depends on him, yeah. I depend on him in everything, in yeah. every aspect of my life. Um, I'm sure there's many that could do much better tonight, but there's none that love God more Amen. than I do. You, you may love him just as much as I do, but none love him more. I wanted to back the brother that just talked. He talked about reading this word every day. Yeah, that's right. This is your moral compass. Yes, it is. As we heard during, well, as we heard about progressive values, I can't even comprehend that. I think that's an oxymoron. Yeah. How can you have progressive values if this is your moral <laughs> compass? Yeah, right. If these are your values, this doesn't change. Right. And this is my moral compass. Right. So yeah. I don't, don't really think there is any such thing. But I'm going to begin reading tonight in Galatians, the first chapter, starting at the yeah. sixth verse. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you in the, into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. For I do now persuade men or God, or do I speak to please men or yet please men? I should not be the servant of Christ. There is no other gospel. Okay, I want to slow down. I get, I go so fast. In Thessalonians it says, but as we were allowed of God to be trusted with this gospel, so we speak. Even so we speak. Well, that's why we have that burning in our soul to tell about it. Because we have that gospel within us. If you call it the gospel of God, or if you call it the gospel of Jesus Christ, or if you call it the gospel of grace, or if you call it the gospel of peace... Or if you call it the everlasting gospel, what the gospel is, is the message of salvation. That's what we're telling about whatever it is. And that's only through Jesus Christ. Now, salvation is the definition, the total work of God and bringing mankind from a state of sin to a state of glory. That's what we preach. And that's why this church has been preaching this same thing for 125 years because it's Jesus Christ and him crucified and nothing else. 
Jesus is salvation. Yes. Um, when uh, Zechariah was prophesying, he said, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Thy king cometh unto thee just and having salvation. Yeah. He is a savior. What did we need to be saved from? We needed to be saved from sin. He did so many things. He opened heaven. He brought heaven down to earth. He did so many things Jesus Christ did. It's all wrapped up in him. When Simeon saw him, he said, mine eyes have seen thy salvation. He saw salvation. He held salvation. And then in Acts it says, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved except Jesus Christ. We are told in the Christian community that outside here we're not very tolerant of other religions. Well, you know what? That's the truth as far as I'm considered. Considering because There is no other name under heaven whereby you must be saved except the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. He not only changed history, he divided history, but he took death away. If we die here to sin... Death hath no more dominion over us. It hath no more power over us. So he brought life. You get that when you get him. And immortality to light through the gospel. And what is the gospel? The message of salvation. That's what it is. Now, through through forgiveness of sin and sanctification, we are lifted up above the natural order of this world. We are fit for fellowship with heaven. We are fit for fellowship with God that you can't have unless you have that indwelling of the Holy Spirit. He puts us into a spiritual kingdom where worldly motives and worldly methods doesn't matter to us. You have to learn this, but you step back and you say, God, you handle it. The world will try to bring you into their games. I know when I worked particularly, they did. You try to bring you into their games, play in their games, but you just don't do it. Mm -hmm. And you step back and let God handle it, and he takes care of it. The scripture says to not be deceived through the simplicity that is in Christ Jesus as Eve was deceived. There's not a lot of ordinances that we do. It's simply You ask, it's two works because it's two prayers because it's two witnesses. Just as simple as that. It's just as simple as that. You've got to pray for your sins to be forgiven and get a witness. You've got to pray for the Holy Spirit to come in your heart and get a witness. And that's all. Then you read this Bible every day. As that brother just read, this tells you how to treat people. It tells you what to avoid. It tells you what you need to seek after, but you need to read it. This is one of the most tangible things we have materialistic on this earth is this Bible right here, and we need to read it. As I was studying more this year on the ministration of the tabernacle, I studied about the altar. Remember, there were two altars, the golden altar, which was intercessory prayer, and I studied about the brazen altar which was right around the door where they came and brought their sacrifices. Well, that altar had to be sanctified. Mm-hmm. 
and there were two works in that process. They had to bring a sin offering of blood and apply it to that altar once every day for seven days. Once that was completed, the cleansing was done. Then the altar had to be anointed with oil. Once that was done, it was sanctified. That represent the the blood cleansed the altar, the oil sanctified the altar. It's the same with us. Your belief, your faith in the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you from all sin. That's what cleanses you. And your faith in the Holy Spirit, the descending of the Holy Spirit, is what sanctifies you. It is referred to as the anointing. It was like with the priest, it was the anointing oil. It was for them. Now, um, in Isaiah 28, now I've always thought it was so pretty when it talks about that rock you know, that was in Zion and all of these. And, and we do, we have that rock. We depend on him. He is strong. The house built on the rock. That's yeah. also true. That rock is Jesus. Yes, yeah. he's the one. Right. It truly right. is. But when I read that slowly, it says, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, yeah. a stone, yeah. a tried stone, a precious cornerstone. Yeah. A sure foundation. Well, you've got to have that to build that wall on. You've got to have that foundation, and that is Jesus Christ. Now, Abraham looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker was God. We have found it. We are in it. It is that spiritual kingdom that we are in. And now let me go over now to Revelations because I want to read a little bit about that because those apostles, they were so precious to him. And yes, it was all built upon them with him being the chief cornerstone that I had wanted to finish up with. As the chief cornerstone, from what I understand, everything else is measured against that. And that's the the way we are. But let me me start here, Uh, 21.10. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and shewed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. If this is just heaven that we're talking about, why would it be coming down from God out of heaven? It's a place, it's that spiritual kingdom that I just spoke of that we can enter into. Having the glory of God and her light was likened to a stone most precious even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal, and had a wall great and high, and had 12 gates, and at the gates 12 angels, and the names written thereon, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. On the east was this and on that. But in that foundation of that wall, there was 12, and it was the apostles, the name of the apostles. It's not built upon a person, as you all know, but it was built upon their work. This church, this church, all Christian churches, they're built upon the rock of uh, the, the, uh, the original church from Jesus Christ yeah. there, that from the apostles and the prophets. Um, I'm reading a book there at home about the, um, the um, founding of the church, you know, and it brings you from, um, from when the apostles, when he left them, and how they started preaching and teaching on through. It brings us on up to here, but... It started with them. We talk yes. about having a small crowd sometime. He had 12. Right. 
He had 12. Well, then we had the day of Pentecost, and then we grew, and then we grew, and then we grew. But how precious they are. Um, And then I was going to go to Ephesians, which I think is basically what I had just um, talked about. Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. We are part of that as well. What are we building on? That's right. Gold, silver, wood, hay, stubble, because someone is going to come behind us and build on our foundation. So what are we building on? And who, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. Just as we are the habitation of God in our souls, in our body, so is this body, this body of Christians, this body of those who have the Holy Spirit within them. That is where he is housed too. That's where he dwells. It is his, his habitation as well as within us, as well as it's in a group. Um, the sister had asked me to go ahead and close. There's a few things I wanted to say before I do that. As we, and it's for those that are lost, it seems like so many times we make decisions based on the moment, based on immediate gratification, immediate satisfaction. But let's look at Esau. The birthright of the family was significant. Yes, it was. If you were the firstborn and you received the birthright, you got the family wealth, you got the family business, and you got the family power. You were the matriarch, if you will, of the family. He sold it all for a little little bit of soup. That's right. Because he was hungry for the moment. He was hungry in that moment, and so he sold all he had, his birthright. We all know it meant much more than just those temple things that I mentioned in that particular case. And it was God's plan, if you will. But in my, I think it's a good example of how people make decisions based on the moment. And I'd like for you all, to th- those that are lost, to think about yep. six months from now, how's yep. that decision going to yep. affect me? Yeah. One year from now, how will that decision affect me? Five years from now. You know, when I talk about him, he saves our soul. You know, the the scripture talks about the uh, cutting asunder of soul and spirit. Well, okay, your spirit in that particular sense is your breath, your life. Okay, your soul is the seat of your desires. It is the inner inner you. It is the non tangible you. Everybody has it. It's where that lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes and the pride of life resides until that Holy Spirit destroys it with the brightness of its coming. That soul, that's what it, and, uh, Sister Claire, I think, read that when she was talking, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. And that's what is most important when you make your decisions. But as Jesus saves our soul, we've talked about him being our savior. 
I don't think God put Jesus through all of that in this plan from the beginning of the world just to save our soul. That's magnificent. That's through eternity. He brought eternity in for us. Yeah, he did. But he saves families Mm -hmm. or Satan destroys families. He can save you from health issues or you can get health. You you reap what you sow. Mm -hmm. As I have said before, someone that has been in sin, you come and get sanctified, that's all forgiven. But the consequence of sin remains in your body. He can save you from those things with that momentary decision that you might make today, tomorrow, whenever, even if you don't decide to come to the Lord tonight, if anybody's listening to me, don't decide to make a start for the Lord. When you go to make a decision about your life and your choices, you know, I've heard it said, and probably some of you said it, you make your choices and then your choices make you. And it certainly does when you think about it. Satan will destroy lives. And when I mean, I don't mean he necessarily will take your life. That's what he wants. That's his ultimate goal is to get you to want to kill yourself. That he does. He comes only for to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus comes that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. But Jesus saves. He still does is the song they sang tonight. He'll make of you something new. Cleanse the sins that were. Um, but you've got to make that choice. You've got to make that start for the Lord. And uh, we would like to see if there's anyone yeah. here tonight as we yeah. make a call for invitation. I think there yeah. may be a couple that have made a very wise choice yeah. to seek the Lord. Right. You will avoid so much heartache yes. if you stick to the Lord and you strive to please Him True. in everything that you do. I feel like I have, when I'm laying on the bed or going driving in my car so much I want to say and then when I get up here I can't remember I'm so nervous I forgot my belt tonight but I get so nervous um, about this but but I just generally love the Lord with all my heart I think it pays to serve the Lord it pays to be sanctified you will reap not so good benefits if you don't so why not tonight make that choice why not tonight While we sing a song of invitation, everyone stand.